Well, welcome to Palm Vista Community Church for our series in the Gospel of Mark. The series is entitled, Incredible. And today's message is from Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. So would you please turn to Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. The title of this morning's message is, The Blind See. The Blind See. And really, the main point of this message this morning encompasses following Jesus. How is that, Al? Well, here, here is how it is. Jesus is finishing his discipleship discourse. What is a discipleship discourse? It's where Jesus, beginning in chapter 8, teaches us what it means to follow him. A disciple is one who follows Jesus. And he began the discipleship discourse, you get it, with the healing of a blind person. And now in chapter 10, he's going to finish his discipleship discourse. Three chapters on what it means to follow him. And how does he finish his discipleship discourse? With the healing of a blind man. The healing of blind Bartimaeus this morning in Jericho mirrors the healing of the blind person way up in Galilee at the beginning of this discourse because following Jesus means seeing Jesus. You can only follow what you see. You can only follow what you see. And so this morning, Jesus is going to play out for us very specifically what it means to follow him, but within the context of restoring vision. Restoring vision. Now, I want you to consider something as you're turning to Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. This text is about Jesus giving sight to a blind man named Bartimaeus right here in Jericho. He's been going, walking from Capernaum here in northern Galilee, walking all the way to Jerusalem. He's about 18 miles from Jerusalem. Next week, he will enter Jerusalem in what's called the triumphal entry. We were going to be preaching on that. We're going to suspend that. I'm going to be preaching. We're going to be preaching on the vision. But this is it. This is Jesus' final week. This is it. This is the passion. He's going to Jerusalem to give his life for his people. But here in Jericho, before he goes to Jerusalem, he's going to heal blind Bartimaeus. So the point is this. Blind Bartimaeus' physical healing, receiving his physical sight, is meant to point to not only Israel of Jesus' day, but all God's people, including us, receiving our sight so that we might see Jesus. So having considered that, that is why the title of this message is The Blind See. Two questions for you as we go to prayer before we read the text. Question number one, what do you see? What do you see this morning? And question number two, whom do you follow? What do you see and whom do you follow? See, the Bible says that we're all born blind, unable to see Christ, not being able to understand who he is, why he came, and our great need. So before we read this text, I want us to pray. I want us to pray that as we read the account of Jesus healing blind Bartimaeus, God would open our eyes to the truths contained in this text. For some of you, for the very first time. And I pray that with all my heart. 
but for others of us, probably the majority of us, that we would see him more clearly, that we would understand him, that our eyes, our vision would be refocused on who Jesus is. So let's pray. Lord, thank you that you have given us your word, that we are not without a testimony. Thank you that you have revealed yourself to us. We could never, ever see you unless you didn't first reveal yourself to us. So Lord, I ask that you would reveal yourself to all of us this morning. For the ones in this room that have never seen you, for the blind Bartimaeuses in this room right now, today would be the day they receive their sight. Oh, Father, may it be, this would be the day of salvation. For the majority of us, Lord, whose vision gets a little cloudy, it gets a little blurry, we're not seeing you clearly. Lord, would you refocus our eyes and our vision? And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, church, let's read God's word. This is the most important time of the service. This is when God's word comes and and speaks to us. God is speaking to us. So turn in your Bibles. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. Read it along with me silently as I read it out loud. And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho, he being Jesus, with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he, Bartimaeus, heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up. And came to Jesus, and Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Jesus will climb the 3,500 feet from Jericho up to Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, he will give his life so that spiritually blind eyes can be opened. And he will bear witness to that by first opening the eyes of this blind beggar named Bartimaeus. Point one, Jesus gives sight to our blind eyes. If you look in verse 46, we discover that Jesus was walking with a great crowd following him he was after all a great rabbi (coughs) jesus was very well known in that day and it was the custom for great rabbis when they were going up to jerusalem for passover to go through jericho and they would gather an entourage the greater the rabbi the greater the entourage you must remember in that day there was no twitter no facebook there was no tv There was no newspapers. So word of the great rabbi would go out. And what did everybody want to do? They wanted to see him, right? There was no Instagram for them to post pictures or selfies of him walking through Jericho. So the only way you could see Jesus was to go. 
And so the crowd was growing and growing and growing. And they wanted to see Jesus. And they said, you know what? Maybe he's going to do something really wild and crazy. And the rumors were spreading. Hey, Jesus might overthrow the Roman government. Or he might heal somebody. We heard he cast out some demons in this one place. And it got pretty crazy. Let's go. So the crowd is growing and growing and growing. And they're walking through Jericho. And verse 46 tells us that they're about to exit Jericho. This great crowd that surrounded Jesus could not have been in more stark contrast to the lone beggar sitting at the gate that Jesus would soon pass by as he exited Jericho. Now I want you to imagine with me just for a moment, you're Bartimaeus. You're blind. There's no social security there's no one to care for you. You probably woke up in some dusty corner of some back alley, got up, yawned, threw your cloak on. It's early in the morning. It's probably cool. And you kind of tapped your way through the path that you had memorized from where you slept to the gate. Because there you would sit all day on the filthy ground and beg from pilgrims going up to Jerusalem, hoping someone would have some mercy on you and give you some money or something. Maybe along the way before you got there, you know, someone was kind to you. They gave you a crust of hardened moldy bread. (coughs) And you got there and you sat down. You were in total darkness. Your unseeing eyes enabled your hearing to be heightened. So there you are, blind Bartimaeus. Perhaps in the distance you hear a child laughing as they get up to drink their cafe con leche. (laughs) Or something like that. You hear the clomp clomp of the hoofs of a camel go by you very closely. You hear a donkey braying that's overloaded with its load. (coughs) Your heightened sense of smell causes you to realize, hey, there's an open market nearby. The fish, the fragrance, the spices of the Middle East, they they strike your nose with this sort of pungent aroma and you realize you will never ever have that fresh food. You're just a blind beggar. But because you have a heightened sense of hearing, something hits your ears before it hits anybody else's ears. And it's the tumult of this great crowd that is tumbling down the streets of Jericho on its way out. And so you ask somebody and say, hey, what's going on? Look at verse 46. Verse 47. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. He says, hey, what's going on? What's happening there? And they say, oh, it's Jesus. Oh, Jesus, the famous rabbi. Yes, Jesus, the famous rabbi. And he's walking toward us. And it turns out that blind Bartimaeus had better sight than those with two good eyes that morning. Because listen to what he says in verse 47b. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This, friends, is a cry of faith. It's a cry of faith. It's faith that God gave Bartimaeus. 
God opened this blind man's spiritual eyes so that he could see that Jesus was the promised son of David. You see, the term son of David was explosive. You've got to understand it's Passover. The Jews were not happy with the Romans. The Jews wanted to be delivered from Roman oppression. And that term, son of David, was loaded with a lot of freight, a lot of political freight. And that political freight came from 2 Samuel 7 on the screen. This is now the prophecy that Nathan gave David when David was an old man. And in this prophecy, in this word, every Jew understood was hidden the prophecy of this coming king, the the true son of David, the one who would deliver Israel and be on the throne forever and ever and ever. This was an explosive term, son of David, to be yelling out in Jericho, 18 miles from Jerusalem. And look what it says. When your days are fulfilled, Nathan speaking to David... This is around 1,000 B.C. It's about 1,000 years earlier. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up for you up your offspring after you, and who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now, certainly that's speaking of Solomon. Because Solomon was David's son. He would build the temple. But it's also speaking of a greater Solomon, a greater David. Because listen to what he goes on to say, verse 14. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Do you know that the author of the book of Hebrews in the New Testament quotes this right here of Jesus Christ, which helps us understand this text, the Bible interpreting the Bible. And then verse 16. And your house, David, and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Well, certainly Solomon is no longer with us. So it had to be speaking of a greater Solomon, a greater David. Your throne shall be established forever. So every Jew knew that this was speaking of this son of David, this king of kings, this Messiah who would come and establish Israel. And boy, did they want Israel established because the throne of David had been desecrated. The Romans were ruling over them. You see, blind Bartimaeus saw Jesus as this king of kings. And perhaps he was also thinking as a Jew, of another prophecy, of a prophecy that was given some 400 years later. David, 1000 BC, this this prophecy is given. Isaiah, around 600 BC, 400 years later, gives a prophecy of the same figure, the same king, Messiah, son of David. He has many different names, son of man, this, this ruler, this one who would liberate Israel, who would reign and God's kingdom would come with this one. Listen to what he says to, about him and perhaps Bartimaeus was thinking this as well. The Isaiah prophecies in Isaiah 61. I'm going to read Luke's version of the prophecy because Luke quotes Jesus speaking this of himself on the screen. Luke 4.18. Remember, Bartimaeus is probably thinking this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. This is Jesus speaking of himself. To proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Now there's no doubt, church. Bartimaeus said, I qualify for this. (laughs) I'm blind. I'm poor. I'm oppressed. I haven't taken a shower in months. I'm hungry. I'm dying. I'm in this squalor. And so he's thinking, son of David... And he's thinking, the one who will set the oppressed free and open the eyes of the blind, 
And so he cries out. His, his blind sight enables him to cry out even above the objections of those standing around him. So imagine he's seated on the ground, a great crowd. He's probably hoping not to get trampled. And he's crying out. And look at verse 48. As he's crying out, people are saying to him, shut up. That is a paraphrase, but look at verse 48. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, friends, this is a cry of faith. Now, let me be clear here. This cry of faith can only come from the lips of those who have been given that faith by God. It can only come from those whose hearts have been made alive. It can only come from someone whom God has said, I'm going to show you this is the Son of David. This is the one who will set you free. But this cry, it's a cry of faith. It's a cry for mercy. It's a cry that, well, that blind beggars utter. And here's my question to you. Is it the cry on your lips this morning? Because you see, all of us, all of us are like blind Bartimaeus. We are blind beggars sitting by the roadside. Until God opens our spiritual eyes that we might see. Is this cry of mercy the cry of your heart? I pray that it would be. Because here's the deal. God always stops at that cry. Imagine with me how amazing this is. That verse 49 tells us the following. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. This is amazing, my friends. Imagine if the President of the United States were in his motorcade doing 85 miles an hour down I-95 and then hit the brakes, stopped, and got out in a very depressed area of the city because one person was crying out to him. It's unheard of. Imagine the biggest rock star there is with the biggest entourage there is walking through Las Vegas to go do his performance and people are bustling and hustling around him. People pay good money to stand right next to this guy. People pay good money to get his ear or her ear and everybody wants to be around them. Again, no Twitter, no Instagram. If you want to hear from them, you got to be right here. That's how it was back in Jesus' day. And they're all elbowing each other and trying to get next to him. And the sons of Zebedee last week were trying to get, you know, pay him off so that they could get on his right and left hand side and this blind filthy dumb beggar who can't see who has no status cries out son of david have mercy on me and he stops don't let that fall on your ears without thinking about he stopped look at verse 49 and jesus stopped i mean he's on his way to the greatest mission ever He's on his way to Jerusalem to die for our sins. A week later, he will have given his life. He's about to enter what what we would call the the triumphal entry of of Jerusalem. He's going for Passover. But he stops. He stops. And he says, he says an amazing thing. He says in verse 49, he called him and they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up. He is calling you. God's call is irresistible. 
when God opens your eyes and only when he opens your eyes and gives life to your dead soul and then you cry out that cry of faith, say, son of David, have mercy on me. And he calls you, this call is irresistible. This blind man, I can just see him, man. He's been at this gate. He's had no hope. People are walking by. He can't see anything in the physical, but oh, God has given him sight in the spiritual to see Jesus as the son of David. And Jesus stops. He hears his call. God will always stop when we call out for his mercy. And he says, come on up here. And he springs up. You see that? He springs up. Verse 50, he springs up. He threw off his cloak and he sprang up and came to Jesus. Jesus said, listen, I'm calling you, take heart. And he springs up and he runs to Jesus. God's call is irresistible. When he calls us salvifically, he gives us the grace to hear and to answer. And we spring up to answer that call. Can you just imagine with me for a second? He's standing in front of Jesus, but he can't see Jesus physically, but he sees Jesus spiritually. And it's cold, it's probably in the morning, and his cloak is off and he's filthy, his hair is matted, he can't look in a mirror, right? (laughs) And he's just standing there breathlessly, his heart's pounding, and people, people are are watching, they're just stunned. Why are you talking to this filthy piece of trash? Give him some money, let's go on. Don't you hire someone to give guys like this some money? And Jesus saying, no, this is the point. Israel, this is you standing in front of me. You're blind and filthy and you don't know who I am. And I'm gonna have mercy on you. I can only imagine there were Pharisees there. I can only imagine that there were Sadducees, certainly as disciples. Everybody's taking notes. They're taking proverbial metaphorical pictures. They're trying to chronicle it. They're all trying to figure him out. And this blind guy is standing there and Jesus is saying, this is you. This is us. This is us. Listen, for some of you, this is about salvation. And God, I pray, is opening your eyes right now to see Jesus And cry out to him. But for the vast majority of us. It's not about salvation. As far as our justification. Going to heaven. Being with God forever and ever. Our adoption as sons and daughters. No, no. It's about our sanctification. That part of it. And I want to tell you this. That that God stops. And hears your cry for mercy. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know the things that are, that are pressing on you. Uh, but there, we all have areas in our life that we are like blind beggars sitting at the gate. And we can't figure it out, can we? Some of you, it may be in your marriage. Some of you, it may be in your parenting. Some of you, it may be at work. What has God called me to do? My life, my life's meaningless. Some of you, it may be situations financially. I don't know. But aren't we all kind of like blind beggars in some areas? I just want you to know that God hears the cry for, for mercy, okay? A humble heart that just says, I mean, this guy's just like, son of David, have mercy on me. God will hear that. And he hears that this morning. We'll look at verse 51. Amazing verse. Ah, this verse is so cool. Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? Remember last week? 
Remember that he asked the, the sons of Zebedee, James and John, they were actually, actually they were standing right there. They were probably right next to Jesus. And he goes, what do you want me to do for you? And you know, James and John were going, uh-oh, <laughs> we failed this test. Because remember what James and John asked? Glory. We want to be your right-hand guys. We want riches and glory. They were elbowing Peter out of the little intimate three-man crowd that was around Jesus. And so unlike James and John, blind Bartimaeus doesn't ask for glory. What does he ask for? Look at this, verse 51. And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. That term rabbi in English is translated from the Greek word rabuni. Now to us, it just sounds like a funny word, doesn't it? But to a Jew... To a person in the first century who knew, they knew that that term was seldom, if ever, used of a human being, but it was frequently used of God in prayer. Bartimaeus' blind sight led him to address Jesus as God. The very thing that no one, very few had done up to this point. And when the, Messiah, when the disciples kind of got a right Messiah, they didn't understand what kind of a Messiah. This blind beggar standing before God gets it right. And he only gets it right because God had mercy on him and gave it to him. You can't earn it. You can't figure it out. You can't buy your way into it. God's sovereign grace gives it to us. Hallelujah. Pharisees didn't get it. His own disciples weren't getting it. This guy got it because God gave it to him. There's hope for you. God is here to give it to you. If you're not saved this morning, oh, I pray this be the morning for you. He asked for his sight. Oh, friends, don't, don't you understand? Bartimaeus is speaking for all of Israel in the first century. Restore our sight. See, they didn't know they didn't have the right sight. They were proud. They wanted to kill him, which they would in a week. Bartimaeus gets it right. Restore our sight. God wants to restore our sight. And having restored his spiritual sight, Jesus will now restore his physical sight. Verse 52, and Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well, and immediately, Mark loves that word immediately, and immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. That phrase, has made you well, do you see it in your your Bibles there in the ESV? Has made you well. It's translated from one Greek word, sozo, (coughs) sozo, and that word has a rich range of meaning. It can include certainly being healed or being made well, but it can also include being saved, being saved, being saved, being saved. So Jesus gave sight to blind Bartimaeus. He opened his eyes physically and spiritually. He saved blind Bartimaeus. And how do we know that he did? Because look how this ends. The last four, five words, and followed him on the way. And followed him on the way. See, this is the goal of the text. This is the goal of the final miracle here in the book of Mark recorded. This is the goal of the final, the bookend of this discipleship discourse. What is this all about? It started in chapter 8. It ends at the end of chapter 10. It's about following Jesus, church. We can only follow what we see. He's merciful on us, gives us grace, opens our eyes so that we see him. But true faith is a faith that follows Jesus because point two, Jesus gives us sight that we might follow him. Jesus gives us sight that we might follow him. 
Jesus transformed Bartimaeus from a blind beggar on the side of the road to a faithful follower on the road of true discipleship. Look at it. Look at verse 46. How does this begin? Look at it with me. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting where? By the roadside. And look at the end of this narrative. Verse 52b. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. On the way to where? On the way to Jerusalem. On the way to the cross. On the way to true discipleship. See, unlike the rich young ruler who came to Jesus in the narrative from two weeks ago, and he only came to Jesus to get something from him. I want to inherit eternal life. But when Jesus asked him to sell all and give the money to the poor and follow him, he walked away sad because he didn't come to follow Jesus. He came to get something from Jesus. Blind Bartimaeus, as evidenced in this text, came to follow Jesus because that's what he did. He could have walked away. He could have turned around and gone somewhere else. No, no. He followed him, Jesus, on the way. James Edwards, in his commentary on the book of Mark, on the Gospel of Mark, says the following. Faith that does not lead to discipleship is not saving faith. Amen. Whoever asks of Jesus must be willing to follow Jesus, even on the uphill road to the cross. Do you know that historians say, church historians say, that Bartimaeus followed Jesus all the way to the cross. And after the resurrection, historians say that Bartimaeus played a key role in the church in Jerusalem. I'm emotional because I'm looking around at some blind Bartimaeuses. And when I walk out these doors, there's thousands of blind Bartimaeuses that metaphorically speaking are sitting begging in in rags filthy rags but who knows those are god's elect that are fast bound yet in darkness waiting for the word to come and the word comes from god but it comes through our lips it comes with the gospel it comes through our lives oh man the story of bartimaeus bartimaeus jazzes me goes from a blind beggar hopeless to a main cog in the church in jerusalem that's what it's all about that's what it's all about Bartimaeus is a picture of discipleship. Why? Because Bartimaeus, he recognized his inability before God. God gave him that understanding, opened his eyes to that. That represents repentance. And then Bartimaeus trusted Jesus as the only one who could save him. That was that cry of faith. Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. That's putting your faith in Jesus Christ. God gives us the faith. God gives us the grace. But then we must put that faith in Christ. And then Bartimaeus finally followed Jesus. He didn't just say, okay, I'm saved now thank you i'm gonna go have my best life now no no i'm gonna follow you i'm gonna follow you up that 3,500 foot walk from jericho which was below sea level up to jerusalem and i'm gonna watch you die on a cross and i'm gonna be amongst those who are under danger because they were your followers i'm gonna say i'm a follower of jesus and then when the spirit was given he became and i believe history teaches us this an integral part of the church discipling others What a picture of discipleship, all by faith, all by faith. And I believe that's the main point of this text. Jesus gives sight to our blind eyes 
that we might follow him. Jesus gives sight to our blind eyes that we might follow him. What does it mean to follow Jesus? It means many things. I don't mean to restrict it to this. This isn't a comprehensive list, but I think these are some things that it can mean and certainly must mean some of them. I mean, it has to mean that we repent and believe Jesus Christ. See, it means responding by faith, by the saving grace of God and saying, I'm wrong, you're right, I'm needy, you're the only one that can meet my need and I believe you, Jesus, to be my righteousness by faith alone. Some of you need to do that this morning. Following him means denying ourselves. This is what we've been learning through this entire discipleship discourse. Taking up our cross. Being last of all, servant of all, slave of all for the sake of the gospel. For the sake of the gospel. Because Jesus did that for us and calls us to do it for others. Because of the gospel. It is gospel-centered. He fuels it, he calls us to it, and he gives us the grace to do it. Listen, it means stopping as Jesus stopped to care for others. Offering them the gospel of Jesus Christ. We talked about this last week. David Behar and the youth... They serve this girl, you saw her, Ileana, who's, who's crippled in a wheelchair, can't do it for herself. And then beyond that, sharing the gospel, certainly, but, but we stop, we actually serve and care for others, offering them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then, yes, calling them to follow Jesus as we follow Jesus. Now, Corey mentioned this, next week, we're going to preach a message on what it means to follow Jesus. We're going to preach a message that talks about our mission as a church, and our mission as a church is to make disciples. Everybody agrees in that, right? Yeah. The rub is how. (laughs) It's the process that we all argue about. And so we're going to lay out a process. Listen, like Corey says, we're going to begin a conversation. We really are. We're going to initiate, but then we're going to listen as well. We're going to engage Why? Because together as a church, we are called to make disciples. We're filled, we're a church filled of blind Bartimaeuses who then go out and reach others and say, follow Jesus like I'm following him and let's go follow him together. So we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to ask God to give us his grace to do that. We'd be a disciple-making church. We're going to define what is a disciple biblically. And then what does the process look like here at Palm Vista? And then we're going to say, okay, let's go. It'll be refined. It'll change. The only thing that doesn't change is God's word. But we'll agree on some basics and we're going to go for it by God's grace. And we're going to reach out and we're going to serve because we're going to follow Jesus together. So here's the question. Will you follow Jesus? Some of you can't see Jesus. You're like blind Bartimaeus this morning. You are seated on the side of the road and all you can do is hear my voice, metaphorically speaking. My prayer is that God would enable you to not only hear my voice, but his voice through this word. Like Bartimaeus heard Jesus' voice. And hearing his voice, God would give life to your dead souls, and you would see Jesus in sight to your blind eyes spiritually, and you would see Jesus Christ as the Son of God, the great King of kings and Lord of lords, who came to give his life for you, rose from the dead for the forgiveness of your sins, opening your blind eyes, calling you to himself. And I pray that you would repent, like Bartimaeus did, That was that cry for mercy. He knew he was in trouble. That you would believe, confessing he was the son of David, you would confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. And you would follow him. And listen, we're here as a church to help you. We're asking God to give us grace. To get our act together. (laughs) 
was looking for a better term in my brain. It just none would come, all right? I'm a simple man. But he will. So we're saying, come on. Let's, let's do it together. We're going to help you and you help me. Let's go. This is what we do. We follow our Savior. And that you would answer the call because that call is irresistible. If God is issuing it, you will answer. And we're here to help you. And then we're saying, come on, let's follow him together. And if you are a believer, which is the majority of you here this morning, here's my word to you. Look, we're, we're, we're standing, we're sitting at the gate in some area of our life. Blind, we just don't see well. And we know that we're really needy. I don't, again, I don't know where that area is in your life. It might be at work, it might be some leadership issues, whatever it might be, okay? But, but as we cry out, Son of David, have mercy on me, he's going to hear that cry. He will stop. He won't hear the proud, angry cry. So we, we repent of that. But he will hear the humble cry of a person who knows they're blind and broken and they need help. And I'm here to tell you, he's going to help you, okay? And, we'll, and we'll, help, we'll help each other. We'll help each other. Because he loves to open our eyes so that we might then follow him. So let's pray that he might open our eyes. Worship team, would you join me up front? Lord, I pray with all of my heart this morning that if there is a blind Bartimaeus in the sense of salvifically, they, do not, they are not a Christian, they have not repented and believed in you. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would give them now the gift of life, that you would open their eyes, spiritually speaking, that they would see their need, that they would see they're in deep trouble. Your word would come and convict them of, of, of sin and of rebellion ultimately against you. And then you would show them Jesus, the one who did go up, to Jerusalem and give his life willingly as a ransom for many, for his people. And Lord, that you would just open their eyes, even from what I've shared this morning, and, and, and that you would just draw them irresistible and they would spring up and they would come, they would come to you. I can just imagine Bartimaeus probably stumbling towards you because he couldn't see yet. And that you would open their eyes. And Lord, for the rest of us, I pray in those areas where we are blind and beggarly, and just have no hope. Please, Lord, areas of character, areas of sin that seems to just get us, habits that we want to break because we know they're not godly, ways of thinking. What comes to mind right now, church, is just areas of maybe envy and jealousy. Corey mentioned that on the front end, comparison. Lord, Lord, give us hope. We cry out as a church, Son of David, Lamb of God, King of kings, Lord of lords, Jesus, have mercy on us as a church. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand with me and let us sing this song as a prayer together. Only Jesus. Jesus.